Hey, Liz. Hey, Kat. Hey, Kat, what would be almost as fun as recording a podcast together? Well, I think it's almost even more fun, but I guess that's debatable. (laughs) Doing one-on-one coaching with you, Liz. Co-coaching together has been one of my favorite aspects of doing this podcast with you. So guess what? We're going to do it. We are going to offer career coaching sessions to our listeners, but not have it be recorded. So we're going to offer one-on-one sessions at a really good deal. And we started the podcast with the goal of helping people who are stuck with something career-related. And if we can help through the podcast, that's awesome. But if one-on-one coaching is more someone's speed. So we have decided to offer a intro special. Yes, we have an introductory special of $100 an hour, which if you're a big math whiz like me is less than either of us would charge individually. So you are saving over 50%, but and you get two for less than the price of one, which is awesome. Uh, and in this kind of session, you don't have to worry about your boss hearing it or your friend hearing it or anything else. It's absolutely confidential, mm-hmm. just like any mm-hmm. career coaching session, but you get the Liz and Cat experience in a one-on-one session for $100. So if this sounds interesting to you, shoot us an email at realjobtalk at gmail.com and we'll be happy to schedule a call and do some one-on-one work with you. Can't wait. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. I'm Kat Royer. And I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz. Hello, Kat. (laughs) And today we're ridiculously excited to welcome Lariel Lipkins to Real Job Talk. Lariel is a sales training coach and a vision board expert who works with people to help set their goals. Lariel is a believer in setting goals and making them a reality by using the tenets of clarity, planning, execution, and mindset. We invited Lariel to join us today to talk about goal setting in a year that follows the crazy 2020 and how to make those goals a reality. Welcome, Lariel, and please tell us about yourself and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for having me. So as you mentioned, uh, I've been doing sales training and consulting for 11 years now. Wow. Um, so yeah, a little bit, just a little bit, right? <laughs> and so I've worked with all types of salespeople, all different types of industries. And uh, one of the things that was really um, different, I think, about my approach to sales training is I didn't just give people techniques, mm-hmm. right? Teaching people techniques, what to say, how to say it is the easy stuff. It's mm-hmm. the mindset stuff that mm-hmm. a lot of salespeople struggle with. Um, And then also giving them or helping them think about why they're doing what they're doing. And so even though I was doing it in the sales space um, and now I'm doing it in a different space, um, I've always been thinking about how can I help people get to the next level, whether it was in their career or their professional life, personal life. And uh, so that's been my journey of the last 11 years. Wow. Well, welcome, welcome. So let's just get right into it. You say on your website that you don't believe in SMART goals, which stands for goals that are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So tell us a little bit about your goals, goal-setting philosophy and what you think works. 
I see. You just jumped right in, right? I yeah. did. I did. I went I did. for it. I know they're probably <laughs> listening like, blasphemy. What do you mean you don't believe in SMART goals? Well, I will tell you, I am a recovering SMART goal user. Um, <laughs> for the first, I would say, seven or eight years, I would teach my clients um, the SMART method. We would do goal setting. We would do vision boards with them at the beginning of the year. And mm-hmm. I have to admit that every year they were essentially bringing back the same vision boards year after year after year. Mm -hmm. And we were teaching them the SMART method. And one of the things that I found is that SMART, by the way, is better than nothing, right? If you don't have any framework, SMART Mm -hmm. is better than nothing. But I found that there were some pieces missing in SMART that Mm -hmm. were were keeping people from having like that stickiness and commitment to the goal. And so, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, I teach my clients the clarity method and I'll go through it um, real quickly so you just can see the difference. Mm -hmm. The C really stands for having a crystal clear vision, right? And that's Mm -hmm. similar to the specific piece that you have in SMART. But what are you crystal clear about what it is that you want? Mm -hmm. The L, however, is that you need to make sure that your goals are linked to a bigger vision. Mm. And I think this is really, really important because sometimes we have goals and we don't have vision or we have vision and we don't have goals. And although we like to use those terms interchangeably, they're really, really different. Mm -hmm. And if you understand the difference, it's going to make a huge difference. How many times can I say difference? (laughs) Uh, A huge difference in your ability to actually execute. The Mm. A is that it needs to be actionable. R, that it needs to be realistic. I is that it needs to be important. Now, this is a game changer for a lot of my clients because they're setting goals because my department said I need to set this goal (laughs) or because my husband said I need to set this goal or social media said that I need to set this goal Um, Mm -hmm. or my mom. My mom told me I need to set this goal, (laughs) right? Um, But then when you really dive into it, those goals aren't really important to them. And I'm Mm -hmm. a big believer that life is way too short to be chasing goals that don't matter. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather you pick three goals that are really important to you and that really matter and that you're really connected to than 12 Mm -hmm. goals that are meaningless. Mm -hmm. And the T is time bound. And then the Y stands for you need to get to your core why. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure we've all heard you need to know what your why is, right? Mm -hmm. Simon Sinek, start with why. Here's another blasphemous statement I'm about to say. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah, wait for it. No, bring it it on, bring it on. We like it. it We like it. I, I firmly believe that your why is irrelevant unless you know why your why is important. Mm. And I find a lot of times I can talk to people and I'm going, okay, so why do you want to accomplish that goal? And they may give me some answer, but it's usually superficial. But if I go, okay, so why is that important? And I go, okay, so Kat, why is that important? Mm-hmm. By the time I get to that third why, they're tapped out. And <laughs> <laughs> right, they're like, uh, I haven't really thought it that far. But you really need to go five levels deep. And the reason why Mm -hmm. is that you need to be emotionally connected to your goal, whatever it is. Because I find that if you're not emotionally connected to your goals, you're not going to get up early. You're not going to stay up late. Mm -hmm. right? You're not going to make the sacrifices you need to make in order to make it happen. Mm. So so what you're saying is if if there isn't an emotional connection, it's not going to be important to you. Correct. Right. And a lot of times it may be important to me, but it may not be important to me now. Right. And so, yeah. Right. And so I think it's, I think it's imperative that people identify that. And I think a lot of times we feel pressure to set certain goals Mm -hmm. uh, to achieve other people's idea of success Mm -hmm. versus saying, what is it that I truly want? What aligns with my values? What's Mm going to make me feel good um, Mm -hmm. by the, about the progress that I made over the next 12 months. So I think Mm -hmm. that's hugely, hugely Mm -hmm. important. 
Well, I heard you talking. I like pictured a train and I pictured the vision as the destination and the goals as the stops. Exactly. And I think Mm -hmm. if you don't have the vision of where you're going, that those goals, because some of those goals you may not be super psyched about, but if there's Mm -hmm. a goal that you have to do, I have to learn this in order to get there, Mm -hmm. then you just have to gut it out and get through it. Uh And then that goal to get to the vision might be just enough. Exactly. Uh, But if you don't know why, but then, okay, so I have to ask you this. So I've always said to people like, you can't plan your career from, you know, day one of college. Like, you know, it's very rare that you can say, I'm going to be a VP of engineering when I grow Mm -hmm. up. It's like, you don't know in the twists and turns of life and the times and everything else. And so you can look at what you want next, or you can look at what opportunities are available, but it's very rare that you can map out the big 20, 30 year vision. Yeah. So kind of, what do you say to that in relation to the clarity goals? Yeah. So I totally agree, right? That mm-hmm. my, in my perspective, isn't that you need to think five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years out, mm-hmm. because I think life is far too unpredictable. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. <laughs> clearly right. As we have seen. Mm -hmm. Um, but so I do think that you need to have some flexibility, but I think that we all have that deep inside thing that we kind of know, and it may not be crystal clear, Mm -hmm. um, which is why you have the goals to back into. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think also, so long time kind of wrap that piece up is I think instead of thinking, where do I want to be 30 years from now? It mm-hmm. may be, where do I want to be a year or two years from mm-hmm. now? And allowing yourself to be flexible in the process. Mm-hmm. So I, I will tell you, before I transitioned from corporate to owning my own business, I thought that I was going to be buying that franchise. I had put 10 years in. Mm-hmm. I was still living in Dallas. Like, that was, like, my plan. Um, and then I left, right? And then I resigned. <laughs> Then I resigned, but the vision was to always own my own, my own business, whether that was to own a franchise or to own it independently. And so the vision Mm -hmm. is still there. And I will tell you, it it was very challenging to kind of shift and see myself in a different light, Mm -hmm. but it's also given myself grace and flexibility to change as I evolve. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause now I'm a mom, I have a four-year-old and a nine-month-old. So yeah. Life looks a little bit different and it's, yeah. it's being able to be flexible and make those adjustments now, mm-hmm. particularly for your career. Now there's uh, going to be other life goals that you mm-hmm. have that mm-hmm. are going to be a bit more concrete that you just know. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, it's having that destination and the goals being the train stops mm-hmm. using your metaphor. I, I think, you know, visiting those goals is really important, right? Like, mm-hmm especially if it's an important, like a really important goal in your life, you've got to visit that every day, every day, Mm -hmm. because, because you need that kind of power that you get from visiting that goal and reminding yourself how important it is Mm -hmm. to, to power you to do what you need to do to get there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I find is often missing with folks, right? They, it's the beginning of the year, right? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to do, okay, maybe people don't do resolutions because, because resolutions don't work, right? That's right. what that, that's the big messaging about resolutions, right? But instead, having goals that you that are heartfelt, right? That you really connect with and that are important to you. But it's because you're supposed to do them, right? At the beginning of the year, especially when you're talking corporate goals, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning of the year, I go through a goal process with all the leaders I work with, right? Okay, it's mm-hmm. the beginning of the year. Let's go through this process. So I'm super excited to be able to share this podcast with them mm-hmm. um, to give them a different perspective. Yeah, because I think what you're saying is so right on. You've got to have that 
visceral connection to the goal and visit it often Mm -hmm. if you want to get where you want to go. And then you think about, especially in corporate, how often we are going through the motions and setting the goal where it's like, all right, we're going through it. I'm supposed to do this. It's expected of me. You know, I'll do it and I'll give, you know, I'll give it a shot at the goal, but it doesn't, sometimes they don't really mean anything. Right. Yeah. And and you, and you don't buy into it. Mm -hmm. Right. I actually was speaking at a conference last year and I taught them the clarity method and a lady came up to me at the end and she said, I'm so glad you weren't teaching smart. And she mm-hmm. said, because that's what we do at our office. And I literally go through the motions. We go through the acronyms. We sit in the half day deal in the boardroom and I go, yeah, 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 yeah. But I know inside that I'm not hundred percent bought into it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I think a mistake, if we get into the corporate side that I find that companies make is that it's all about what are the business goals yes. mm-hmm. right. and they don't connect it back to what are the personal goals. Right. And I think especially in a time right now where we're coming from a year where there has been <laughs> burnout and Zoom gloom and, you know, just trying to balance work and life, whatever that looks yeah. like yep. <laughs> right now, yep. that people are just tired yeah. and people need some hope to be able to say, OK, what, what do I want for the business side? But then also, what do I want for me? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you need to be able to balance both, even in a corporate setting. I should say, especially in a corporate setting. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I've loved my smart goals for so long. I'm having a hard time letting go. <laughs> but I do feel like as an HR person, if I was counseling a manager, I would want to say, you have to talk to your people about what their goals are and what they want and incorporate that. But you also have to look at the goals to push the business forward. Absolutely. And you want those to be specific and measurable and time bound and all of those things. So I think you can use smart and clarity kind of together coming from both a corporate needs or business needs and personal needs perspective and hopefully marry the two and, you know, run into the roses together. So if you're a recovering smart user like myself, then the way that you can think about it is you still want them to be smart, but we also want to identify why is this goal important? Where's the juice? right? Why is this important? Mm -hmm. And what is your personal connection to this? And you would Mm -hmm. be surprised. And that's not for the company to decide. I think you'd be surprised how often we can pull people in and get buy-in once we make it a kind of co-create what Mm -hmm. that vision looks like and co-create what those goals look like. Yeah. And I think the best companies are run where, you know, the vision comes from the top down and everyone's goals they all feed up into the CEOs uh-huh. or boards or whatever's goals. And so everyone knows how their contribution gets to where the company is going. It's mm-hmm. like that personal mandate of like, I'm important to this mission or whatever it is. Yeah. People like to feel like they're part of something bigger. For sure. Um, and then hopefully it's the organization that has a vision, right? So all the things <laughs> that we talk about on an individual basis, mm-hmm. I think companies need to have. And I have found there are a lot of companies where maybe the CEO or the founder mm-hmm. um, has the vision, but the other people don't know what the vision mm-hmm. is. Oh, um, so and important. it's like just yeah. set the goals to get us there, but where are we actually headed? Yeah. And so I've worked with a lot of teams where it is, let's get clear about what our vision is. Let's get clear about what our goals are as an organization. So we're all rowing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. So we are able to hit those uh, corporate goals, but then we also have personal goals that we want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so let's talk about how the sales goal, like you've specialized in sales training and, and sales team goals and all of that, as well as other teams, but like, you're talking to a sales team and talk about like sales goals and personal goals. Cause of course, everyone on the sales team usually has their own personal goal. I've got to sell a million and the team's going to sell 10 million and then we'll go to club and 
slap each other on the back. <laughs> yeah. um, I've never been on. No. Um, I'm married <laughs> to a salesperson, so. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> it's bliss. All bliss. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, so, those events are very relaxing, aren't they, Liz? <laughs> yeah, they're wonderful. Um, anyway, so, so relate those to us because like, how you talk to groups of individuals setting goals and personal mm-hmm. goals versus like the sales numbers driven, you know, you're only as good as your last sale kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. So even if you think about, they have a quota and that's what the business needs, right? Mm-hmm. I need you to generate this amount of revenue so that we hit our targets. Yeah. But if we think about if you hit that target, what's the win for them? How much mm-hmm. do you make? And then what would you do with that money? Yes. How would yes. that money change your life? Yes. I, that's I how that. you start making the connection. And I was wor- working with a gentleman. I give you a real story, working with a client and uh, we were working on his personal goals. Mm-hmm. And I said, he said, well, I have, I'm making all the money that I need to make. If I could just do what I did last year, which was a problem, I'll be good. Right. And so I said, I want you to do me a favor. I said, I, over the weekend, I want you to sit down with your wife. And I want you all to talk about, you already see where this is going, right? <laughs> I want you all to talk about what you want your life to look like over the next 12 mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. And he came back with like a list of things, right? <laughs> yeah. But here was the key thing. He said, I've been married for over 25 years and we've never sat down and had this conversation. Yeah. Oh. And she had been a stay-at-home mom and she wanted to go back into the corporate space. Mm-hmm. And having that conversation, but she had been so scared because she was mom. Right. She was so scared and they had never had that conversation about what she really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And it was really stemming from that conversation of him for us having our conversation saying, okay, what are here's your corporate goals. But what is how would that money impact your life? And what do you want that to look like? And forcing him to have that conversation. That Mm -hmm. was like that was amazing. Right. Because Mm -hmm. now they're having a conversation that they've never had in 25 years. So what do we need to do? So that Mm -hmm. she feels comfortable Mm -hmm. and confident to be able to go back into the workforce and the house won't fall apart. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing. was the answer. (laughs) Well, but the thing is that as a sales spouse, Mm -hmm. I've gone to these club things. I'm one of the only ones who works Mm -hmm. because as a sales spouse with kids, your husband or wife, whomever's the salesperson is in and out and in and out and in and out. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to juggle all the balls at any time. And they're because they are completely unpredictable and unreliable. Mm-hmm. I say that with peace and love. So <laughs> a lot of spouses of salespeople don't work mm-hmm. because of that unpredictability. And so their job is to keep the household together while the spouse makes the cash. So wanting to go back or working with that adds a humongous, awesome layer of stress and of like, well, what about my stuff? Or, you know, and so Mm -hmm. for them to have had that opportunity to talk that through and what does his job have to look like for her to be able to work or what kind of work can she do and not feel like a failure? Like there's so much that you opened up with that, which is so awesome because that is, I mean, Luckily, I have a really good marriage, but (laughs) the biggest stressor in our marriage has been his work travel by far Yeah, Yeah. because of the stress that it puts on yours truly. Yay. And he was on the podcast in season (laughs) one to talk about it. But that's amazing that you did that. Yeah. So that's how you connect it back, especially Mm -hmm. for salespeople, right? So if you hit this number, what does that actually mean for you? 
because believe it or not, salespeople don't get up to say, I want to hit your quota, right? They're Mm. getting up because if they hit that quota, it affords them a certain lifestyle, Mm. right? And so being able to figure out what that would actually mean for Mm. their family. Um, I had another client, just another quick story where we were talking and I was talking to the CEO actually, and we were talking about his personal goals. We talked about the business and, and we talked about his personal goals. And he said, I'll be honest with you, Larry the real reason why I'm running this business is I need to be able to generate enough cash to provide, um, he has a son with disability. Mm-hmm. He needs to be able to provide the healthcare that he's going to need for the rest of his life. Yeah. So I have to hit these numbers. Oh like when, when you think about it that way and you're making that personal connection, it's so much more than a quota or a budget. Um, it's about what what's the real impact that we can have on people. Mm-hmm. I just got chills. Yeah, totally. That's a compelling why. Right. And then and then you think about if I was managing him, right? Let's say he wasn't the CEO, but he was a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And now my conversation isn't how do I get you to quota? It's how do we get you to the number that you need to be at so you can provide the life and the care that your son's gonna need. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a different type of relationship versus oh, yeah. what did you do for me lately? Right. <laughs> because then you're on the same team and you're, you're working together yeah. and you still want the person to meet the quota. Like you're not, you know, telling them just go, you know, sip coffee at Starbucks all day. You're want everyone wants the quota met. Yeah. But the why is totally different. Yep. I love that. It's mm-hmm. awesome. All right. Let's talk vision boards. So you're an expert. You even wrote the book, Women with a Vision. Mm-hmm. And by the way, where can folks get that? They can get it. I'm so glad that you asked. They can get it on Amazon and Kindle and okay. paperback. Um, and they can also grab it on my website. Okay, great. So what do vision boards represent to you? And how do you help people use this tool to their advantage? Yeah, so a lot of people, when they think about vision boards, it's either I tried it and I hate it. It was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or I love it. I do it with wine on a Saturday with my girlfriends and nothing actually happens, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's great. Right? Yeah. Right. And so I started doing vision boards in 2009 and I was in that second boat, right? I was like, okay, grab some magazines, cut out some pictures, cross my fingers. And it's like, oh my gosh, my life is going to look different in 12 mm-hmm. months. Yeah. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after a couple of years of doing that, I said, there has to be a better way. And so honestly, through a lot of trial and error, I narrowed down a process that really works. And so my philosophy is that a vision board should not be a random collage of pictures, Mm -hmm. is that it really should be a roadmap for the year. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I teach my clients on how to do their vision board is they should be able to see all of their goals for the year, but we divide it in quadrants. So I only have to focus on one quadrant at a time, but I see all the things that I want to be able to get accomplished. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's things that I truly want that I'm really going to be able and willing to do the work to make happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So once you get clear about your goals, then we create your vision board. And I do this for sales teams all the time. Right. Once we say, okay, what is your quota? What is your number? How much do you need to sell? What would that look for your life? Now let's create a visual rep- representation of what that would actually look like. Mm. And tell us a little bit about the the quadrants. Do, do you look at different areas of your life? I mean, t- tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we may look at different areas. Kind of depends on what their goals are. So mm-hmm. it might be a financial goal. It might be I need to pay off this credit card. It might be I want to take a trip. It just depends on what those goals are. Mm-hmm. Now, the quadrants are based on quarters. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in that top left-hand quadrant, that's our, our goals that we want to focus on for Q1 to the mm-hmm. right, Q2, mm-hmm. bottom left, Q3, gotcha. bottom 
right Q4. And that way it's not completely disorganized all Mm -hmm. over the place. Or overwhelming, right? Overwhelming. I had someone at another event I was speaking at and she said, I did a vision board for the first time last year and it gave me an anxiety. Like she said, every time I looked at it, Mm -hmm. it was so cluttered with all of this stuff that it was really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so um, I teach a completely different process to lay it out where I see all the goals for the year, but I only have to focus on one quadrant at a time. Nice. So that way it isn't overwhelming and it keeps you focused. Mm -hmm. Like you shouldn't wake up in the morning going, what do I need to do? You have your vision board right in front of you. Mm. And is that what you do for personal ones too? Or do you have four different quadrants in personal? It might be a quadrant might be a mix of a personal goal, a professional goal Mm. and something we want to do as a family. It's really, what do I need to get done from January to March? Okay. Okay. So it's always by year versus like professional, personal, you know, correct. I like that because you're, you're, (laughs) you're taking the whole person into, Mm -hmm. into effect. And that's, that's so important because, you know, we're more than just our careers. Yeah. And I, (laughs) <laughs> it's true Liz it's true oh you're, my gosh you're, you're going way out there you're going way out there we need to bring you back in um, but what I loved doing when we were like in front of other people and talking to other people mm-hmm. was doing this for sales teams and the reason why and I did it for companies as well uh, mm-hmm. regardless of department but in sales teams in particular and they would put it in their cubes or in their office and being able to see each other's goals And Mm, so I've even had some clients, let's say you had 10 people on your sales team and four of them wanted to buy a house. Well, as a manager, what can I do? Hey, what if we actually brought in a speaker to talk about the home buying process or if if everybody wanted to lose weight, how about we do a a walking challenge or it helps you get insight to the person. Mm -hmm. And when people understand that you care about them as a person, they're always going to work harder. Yep. That's right. If your boss cares about you, if your company cares about you, you are going to give more. You're just going to give more because you feel yep. cared about. So it all goes back to sell, mm-hmm. uh, sales culture, company mm-hmm. culture. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. Can I give you a, a quick example of yes. a client that I had? Yes, um, please. please they were in the aviation space. I just thought about it. They were in the aviation space and they were growing like crazy. Uh, sales was through the roof, and um, but operations couldn't keep up. Mm. And so I flew out to Miami. I was speaking at their sales meeting and let's just say it wasn't a good start because the sales team was very upset because they Mm. were saying, I, we are killing our numbers and operations is not delivering. Mm -hmm. And now you want me to go sell more. How about you fix your processes? Mm -hmm. And, and so I was supposed to be coming up behind them and saying, let's set some goals for the year. Uh And here's what we discovered though is that behind the scenes, management was working and making some changes, but they weren't communicating it with the team. The team couldn't see what was happening. And so we literally, for their sales team, created a vision board for the team. What do we need to put in place? What what do we want to have in place in the next 12 months? What goals do we want to accomplish? And they started having a monthly town hall where they start to cross stuff off. And Ah. so what happened is it gave them a visual representation that one, we're all on the same page, but two, you all can see that we're taking those things into consideration and we are crossing stuff off so you can see that we're actually making progress, right? So getting the right systems in place, hiring the right people and additional help that they needed, fixing Mm -hmm. their products, Mm -hmm. like it changed the whole dynamic because Mm -hmm. they went from being 
feeling like they were unseen and unheard mm-hmm. to know you can see that we're actually making progress. And it's more than just putting it in a company newsletter. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It became a, a thing for them to rally around. Yeah, it's so funny. I was just listening to a podcast that was actually featuring a CEO that I worked very closely with for a long time and had had a successful exit. He was telling the story and he said they had a down round and they were struggling for a bit. And what he did as a leader was he upped transparency. So he started having more company meetings. He made the board meetings open so any and the executive meetings open so anyone can listen so that the team was sure of the vision. They knew they were on it and transparency. He actually increased transparency Mm -hmm. when times were tougher Mm -hmm. and it totally saved the company. And it was brilliant. I mean, I lived through it and it was, it was brilliant. So smart. So smart. And that's leadership. And it's Mm -hmm. not easy to be like, Hey guys, we raised a down round, (laughs) you know, like that's not, you know, party time, but it's what they had to do. And the vision was clear and the board was, um, you know, like all the good things. So I love, I, I, I love what you did there because you helped open up and it let everyone see behind the curtain. Exactly. So good. So Laria, let's talk about 2020. I mean, that was quite a year. <laughs> and my guess is you worked with folks on their 2020 goals. And and what what advice did you find yourself giving to the people who started 2020 thinking it was their year? So I I think I have a different perspective than a lot of people, because I think my I'm a firm believer that a lot of times we get really clear about what we want after chaos. And sometimes Mm. we have to be pushed into the uncomfortable to make Mm -hmm. the decisions that are a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. And I think that 2020 if we look at it from a different lens, yes, it was challenging. Yes, it required some pivoting. But I think if you really look at it and say, what did I learn? What did it teach teach me about me? Mm-hmm. What did it teach me about my goals and what's important to me? Mm-hmm. Then you might see that it was actually more of a blessing than a lot of people think. I agree. And so, you know. Silver linings. Give, silver linings. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my, my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my second son the week oh. before lockdown. Oh, so I was going on maternity leave. So I'm like, I'm kind of in quarantine anyway. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't really think that it was going to affect me. We all thought it was going to be like, you know, okay, a couple weeks, Mm -hmm. lockdown, and then we're going to go back to normal life. I make a lot of my money from speaking, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm Mm -hmm. used to being on a plane. And so I realized as my maternity leave ended and I realized quarantine was not a short-term deal. I started to get nervous and I'm like, oh my gosh, my events are going to be canceled. How am I going to re- recover my revenue? And here's the here's where the shift came. Mm-hmm. If I was flying to Miami, if we use that example mm-hmm. uh, that I used before, I could only do one speaking engagement that day. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I can be in Miami at 12. <laughs> I can be in Dallas at two and I can be in New York at four o'clock all in one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing that I've really been teaching my clients is how do we shift our mindset? How do we look at things and say, how is this working for me versus working against me? And I know that sounds kind of like woo-woo, right? But if you, it's like, yeah, that sounds great. But if you really challenge yourself to say, how, how do I achieve my goals during this pandemic? Or how do Mm -hmm. I shift? Or how, what is this teaching me? Or how could I be more efficient? Or what's the blessing behind this? Mm -hmm. It's amazing Mm -hmm. how your mind will find the opportunity. Yep. Well, I think you're speaking to mindset, right? And, exactly. And looking for blessings is simply gratitude, right? Which is mm-hmm. one of the most powerful tools we have with our mm-hmm. mindset. So excellent example there. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. 
And I, I also think like 2020 has showed us what's really important. Yes. And it has cut a lot of the BS. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and while it's, there's no one's arguing about challenges, yada, 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 <laughs> but it's, it, we've gotten down to our core again. And like, I love there in the beginning, there was like a meme of like, you know, the world is on a timeout and it like, it felt <laughs> that way. But I do feel like, I think there's meant suffering and loss and I, I'm nobody's on this call is diminishing that. But I think there are a lot of us who are like, well, I don't want to go back to where I was in mm-hmm. February. Mm-hmm. I'm making me like my vision board may change a bit, based on what I've learned through this time and what's really important to me. Exactly. And that is the, that is the silver lining. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I, if you hadn't slowed down enough, right. To be able to get there, yeah. you wouldn't have that insight. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a blessing there. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think it has made us more efficient. It has mm-hmm. made us more think about what's really important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, um, talking to someone the other day and I said, if you're not going, if you didn't come into 2021 better then mm-hmm. you, when you started in 2020, you missed the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. It was a huge opportunity for you to grow. And if mm-hmm. all you did was mm-hmm. gripe and complain, and again, yes, there were a lot of challenges. Yes, there was mm-hmm. a lot of things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I understand that. But if we also look at it and say, how did I grow and how did yeah. I become mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. than what I was? I mean, it's amazing. Right. I think that is, you know, if you didn't do that in 2020, I think we're still early enough into the new year that that's a really good question. And it's not too late to ask yourself Mm -hmm. that question because you might just find some answers there that will surprise you and that might help to propel you forward as you navigate, you know, especially your clarity goals for 2021. Mm -hmm. And, and I want to just say this, because I know there's probably people listening saying, okay, well, what questions do I ask myself? (laughs) Like how, how do I get in this wonderful yeah. mindset that the three of you all have? Because I'm not there, right? So can I give them a free tool? Yes, please. Thank you. Sure. So if, um, if you go to my website, awomanwithvision.com backslash 2020 review, you can download. I've put some questions up there for you to be able to ask yourself because I know there's other people that are on the other side, right? The mm-hmm. other side of the point, they say, I want to get there. I'm just not there yet. Yeah. And I've put some questions that will help you kind of shift your mindset and be able to reflect on 2020 mm-hmm. so that you can be in a much better place in 2021. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank and you. Like You're on welcome. that No, you mentioned like growth mindset, fixed mindset and my house, it's a, we talk about it constantly. I've, I've got a child who loves his Fisk's mindset <laughs> and uh, it, it doesn't serve him that well, but like from the research we did on you, like mind search is, so much uh, about what you're about. And so talk to us about fix, help me help us fix a fixed (laughs) mindset and how someone can overcome what we, we call it in our house, the worry bully, uh, that tells you what you can and can't do and, and keeps, holds you back. Yeah. So the fixed mindset, um, just for those who aren't familiar with the term is really where you see, um, obstacles. It's always in the negative. You don't think that you can change. You don't like competition. It's really more being the victim, right? You're a mm-hmm. victim to your own circumstances. Yep. A lot of yeah, Whereas, but. Yeah, yeah but. exactly. Yeah, but. Right. Whereas a growth mindset is seeing obstacles as opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's being able to say, okay, well, this is a challenge, but I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. I have a four-year-old that's funny. It's funny because the, the phrase that we're working on right now is, but I can figure it out. 
Right. So he would get really frustrated and he couldn't do something. I said, but you can figure it out. Right. So mm-hmm. now when he gets frustrated, he'll go, but you know what, mom, I can figure it out. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it's amazing because I think that's that I know that it's going to be a life skill mm-hmm. that's going to carry him like way yes. beyond four years old. Yes, yes. And, awesome. and if I can say this real quick, the other day, my husband got frustrated and he goes, but dad, you can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. Yes. That's the best when the kids start to start giving you your own medicine. I love that. Yeah. I love and that. So, but having that growth mindset is being able to challenge yourself. It's not comparing yourself to other people. It's seeing the opportunities. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of times when people are saying, well, how do I shift my mindset? The the go-to is like affirmations and positive thinking and law of attraction and all of that, which, I mean, if it works for you, great. But what I find is that a lot of times when people go to affirmations, they're taking the opposite. They just take the opposite of the negative belief they have. And that usually Mm -hmm. doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so I think the first step that you really have to do is that you have to identify um, the negative beliefs that you have. Mm -hmm. Most of us aren't even conscious of the negative beliefs that we have going through our mind. And I believe it says we think on average like 55 to 75,000 thoughts every day. Mm -hmm. And... 80% of them are negatively predispositioned. Wow. Right? So that means if we're not conscious about what we're thinking, then we're probably going to be thinking about things that don't align with what it is that we're actually trying to to get done and try to get Mm -hmm. accomplished. So the first thing is to recognize. And so I even have my clients keep a mindset journal when they're first starting to do this. And I say, and sometimes it's just like, just grab an index card. All you need is a couple index uh-huh. cards. And by noon, they filled it up with a bunch <laughs> of negative things. <laughs> I say, just get you, just get like a little dollar journal, right? But maybe a bigger thing, book. Yeah. Maybe a binder. Have you tried a binder? Um, <laughs> but it's but the first thing is becoming aware of those mm-hmm. negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that then you want to start replacing them with something that is rooted in truth. Right. Root and truth. That's mm. key. And that's the difference between just saying an affirmation. And then the other thing is that you want to rehearse it. So actually mm. say it out loud and then for reinforce it with your beliefs. Mm. So can I tell a quick story of where yes. I actually Yes. This? So a couple of years ago, I had a client called me at like the 11th hour. They were getting ready for their sales meeting and one of their people canceled. One of their speakers canceled. So I said, are you available? And I said, I moved some stuff around and I'll be there. They go, okay, well, we're going to have someone go before you. Uh, You'll go second. Mm -hmm. And then there'll be lunch after. No problem. I didn't ask who the speaker was. So I show up 15 minutes earlier. And this is like a world-renowned sales speaker, like guru. I thought it was like going to be someone else, right? (laughs) Not not this person. Sure. And so I will tell you, I was like, oh, crap. And he had great videos. And he was engaging. And they're clapping. And I'm like all right, this is going to be interesting. I'm like, I just got my flip chart. I should have, you know, done my hair. I should have worn a different outfit, right? So I instantly go into that fixed mindset. And I go to the bathroom 15 minutes before I'm going to be going on stage. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And he showed the video. Like there was this really powerful video that I showed in my training. He's like, he pulled out the video. (laughs) So I'm sitting in the stall. I'm like, you got to get it together. And I wasn't, normally they would say, well, tell yourself that you feel strong and brave, right? That's a positive affirmation. I was not feeling strong and brave. Mm -hmm. What I did tell myself, I said, Lario, if he went before you, that means he was your opening act. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. You're on the main stage. 
That means that you are the keynote. That means he's warmed up the audience for you. Mm -hmm. You see how that is that I'm strong and brave because I couldn't believe that in the moment. What I could believe and what was true is he was my opening act. What I could believe and what was true was that he warmed up the audience for me. Mm-hmm. And so I went out there. I was like, okay, game face. And I killed it in case you're wondering. I killed it. It was <laughs> great. Got a standing ovation. And not only that, he stayed for my presentation. <gasps> and at the end, he was carrying my materials to my car. Aww. And he said, I've seen a lot of, I worked for a big company uh, called Sandler. I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of Sandler trainers. I've never seen anyone deliver it the way that you deliver it. Mm. And I'm like, you should have seen me. I didn't tell him this, but I'm like, you yes. should have seen me an hour ago. <laughs> I was terrified. Mm-hmm. But it was that moment where I could have had that fixed mindset mm-hmm. and stayed in the negative and do what I call the self uh, self sabotage spiral, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're going from like, you know, I, this presentation is going to be horrible to like I'm going to be, you know, homeless somewhere because yeah. my presentation <laughs> is so horrible, right? It's like we instantly oh, go through. Right. Um, I could have instantly gone there, but it was really pulling myself out using those four steps that I I mentioned Mm -hmm. and really having that growth mindset to shift my perspective Mm -hmm. in real time. And it takes some practice. Mm -hmm. But once you get, you do it consistently, it becomes a whole lot easier. Mm -hmm. Practice, practice, practice. practice. Yep. Mm -hmm. I love it. So We both really enjoyed a YouTube video you did called Permission to Become. Mm Mm-hmm where you talked about uh, caterpillars becoming butterflies and applying it to figure things out in life and consuming what you need to get there. Can you talk a little bit about giving yourself permission to become what you really want to be? Yeah, I think sometimes we are so connected to who we've been Uh, that uh, in what we know and what is familiar, mm -hmm. that it's scary to tap into what what our real potential is. Mm -hmm. And I had this moment when I left corporate. I mean, I had been doing that for 10 years. I had become known in our network. I worked for a really big, the biggest sales training company in the world. So to be able to say that when I was speaking was like, I was really connected and had become part of my identity. So when I left, I'm like, well, now I'm just me. (laughs) It was scary, right? It was scary to figure, wonder if I could go out there and do it on my own. And so I think a lot of us become so attached to things Mm -hmm. that it's very difficult for us to re-envision the possibilities Mm -hmm. and understand that we are really in charge of who we are, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And being very mindful of even the labels that we put on ourselves. And so I liken it to the butterfly because a caterpillar sheds its skin. It eats, 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 and it, mm-hmm. and then it sheds, it molts. Mm-hmm. And it continues that process in order to become the butterfly. And it basically says the thing that has protected me up until now, mm-hmm. I'm willing to outgrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's beautiful when we can apply that metaphor to life to say some of the, the beliefs that I have that have gotten me to this level of success or wherever mm-hmm. I'm at in life, that was good up until now. Mm-hmm. But in order to get to the next level of my life, I'm going to have to shed some, some of those things. And some of those things might be scary, mm-hmm. but if I want to get to the ultimate outcome, I have to be willing to do that. Totally. Love it. Yes. And it's so true. And it's like all that eating and caterpillaring gets you to the butterfly. Like Exactly. Like, it, you only are moving forward. Exactly. And I think that that's such an awesome metaphor for where our journey, all of our journeys. Mm-hmm. And you know, another thing in that kind of vein is that mm-hmm. 
this, I had this kind of realization um, a few years ago is that a lot of us want the butterfly, like whatever that looks like (laughs) for you, Um, but we don't want to go through the caterpillar. Right. But what was kind of a revelation for me is that the caterpillar was always the butterfly, right? It it always had it in it. And so um, I think that's also very, very important for us to remember that whatever it is that you want to become, you already have that potential Mm -hmm. is really allowing yourself to tap into that. Mm-hmm. and uh, giving ourselves some grace in the process. Yeah, and feeding yourself and doing what you need to do in order to make the chrysalis and become the butterfly because there, exactly. are, there are butterflies that it doesn't work out, but they, <laughs> they obviously didn't do whatever was needed to get there. Mm-hmm. And and so to make sure that you're nourishing your inner butterfly mm-hmm. and using your lessons and your growth to fuel it. Yeah, and I was saying the same for so if people are thinking like, well, how do I feed? <laughs> how do I feed the caterpillar? Uh-huh. Right. It's really thinking about what you put in, right? So yeah. it's literally like books and podcasts, mm-hmm. what we're doing here, like whatever uh-huh. your vision or goal is for yourself, how much information are you consuming around yep. that that mm-hmm. supports where you want to go? Like that mm-hmm. is incredibly important. I was actually noticing that anytime I'm getting ready to make a big shift in my life. It's mm-hmm. like I read 50 million books <laughs> like, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't even make the connection, but I think subconsciously, I know that I'm getting ready to go to the next level and that I need to feed that mm-hmm. and take in information that aligns with where I've gone, where I'm going versus where I've been. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also make it your own, right? Exactly. Yes. Like I'm thinking of you having a new baby. And I know when I became a mom, I consumed a lot of books and my daughter who's great now, but she was a crap napper and didn't sleep. And all the books said to do certain things didn't work with her. She still has a hard time falling asleep. It's just not her thing. She is very alert and wants to be awake. Um, (laughs) And so as a second time, if she had been my second kid, I would have had kind of more information, but the books didn't there is no book of Lexi. Lexi mm-hmm. is the book of Lexi and I'm mm-hmm. her mom and I need to understand mm-hmm. and also use my knowledge from a book, but also my knowledge from my experience, experience with this kid and my life. And so I just think that the consumption, but also the learning from your past, it all comes together so awesomely. We loved your discussion also around goals and rewards. And I was laughing when I heard, you know, like the, I want a new car versus <laughs> I want to write a book. Um, it's so different, right? Like, mm-hmm. and some are more, you know, like your car's, you know, dead in the driveway. You need a new car. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, talk to us a little bit about how you help people see goals and rewards as separate, but related. Yeah. So I, I have what I call the VGR pyramid. So you have your vision. Mm -hmm. Then you have your goals and you Mm -hmm. have your rewards. So Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people, when they talk about their goals, they're really rewards. Like I want the new handbag Mm -hmm. and I want the luxury Mm -hmm. car and I want the trip to St. Tropez. Like those, those aren't, those aren't goals. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And the way that I define a goal Mm -hmm. is very different than I think a lot of people, because I think when people Mm -hmm. think goals, it's like, whatever I want is a goal. Mm -hmm. Um, When the way that I define it is a goal is something that moves you forward. Yes. Mm -hmm. The reward is what you give or allow yourself to have as a result of achieving mm-hmm. your goals. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I find a lot of people are chasing rewards, mm-hmm. but they don't have goals that are actually aligned with where they really want to be. And you mm-hmm. need to have all three because right. I also found myself as a person that had a vision, had goals, and then I didn't reward myself. Mm-hmm. And it became a grind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, I was very productive. Yes, I was checking things off, but it wasn't fulfilling. Yeah, how are you so filling you up your tank? 
Yeah. Exactly. Right. So you definitely need all three. Mm, so true. So you wrote and published a book in 90 days. First of all, that's like a jaw dropping, right? <laughs> yeah. that, that's amazing. It's it's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and, and hopefully, you know, maybe inspire some of our listeners that, you know, to know that maybe they can do it too. Yeah, absolutely. So people say, how did you write a, write a, write and publish a book? So I wrote in 90 days. So I wrote it in 21 days, published it mm-hmm. 60 days later. Um, wow. And the reason, the way that I did it is I wrote it 60 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. So I think when people hear you wrote a book or whatever, you ran a marathon, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it seems really big and daunting. But if you break it down to small milestones, it becomes mm-hmm. a whole lot easier. Yeah. And so I tell people, I ask people, have you written a blog? Have you written an email blast before? <laughs> have you written an Instagram crash bin or a Facebook post? You can write a book mm-hmm. because all you have to do is write it 60 minutes at a time. And so, yes, mm-hmm. you need a process for it, but it's a lot easier than a lot of people think. And so mm-hmm. I made a commitment um, at the beginning of 20, what was that? 2018, I believe, 2019 mm-hmm. to write the book. And I had a two-year-old at the time. And so I went to my husband. And I said, I want to write this book. And he's like, okay, well, we have a kid. <laughs> How are you going to do that? And I said, well, give me 30 days, right? And I asked for support. And I think that's also a lesson learned for people mm-hmm. is that sometimes we have goals and we don't think about the potential roadblocks up front. Mm-hmm. And I knew childcare and things like that could be a potential roadblock. For so sure. I went to my husband. I shared my goal and I asked for support. And he said, 30 days, are you sure? Not 45. (laughs) There will not be extensions. (laughs) Exactly. He said, I'll give you 30 days. And I did it in 21. And um, it was really taking all of the things that I've been doing over the last 10 years from a goal setting and vision board and Mm -hmm. mindset perspective and really documenting that and getting it out of my head and onto paper to be able to share those processes with other people. Mm -hmm. And you have YouTube videos talking about that process. Also, people want to go deeper into it, Mm -hmm. but I love that. I love that removing roadblocks before you get started. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't see that as like fixed mindset or something I'm seeing as this is my goal. This is what could get in the way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get those out of the way so that I can meet that goal. I'm, you know, People say that's what a manager does, you know, but we're our mm-hmm. own managers because yep. we don't have bosses. So you've got so to, need to get do it that out for of ourselves. Yep. yep. And and that's the thing, because what ends up happening if you don't think about the roadblocks up front yep. is you hit the roadblock and then you quit. Yep. Right. We said, well, that must be a sign that I'm not ready. Or it could just be a sign that we need to work on that roadblock and move it out the way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so instead of it stopping us, it becomes part of our plan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I hope you don't mind us asking, but what are some of your goals for this year? Huh, I'm so glad that you asked. So I have, oh, a, I have a second, I actually have a second book coming out, which is about how to write a book because I had oh. so many people ask me, how do, how did you write it? What was your process? And I've mm-hmm. done some coaching around that and I have a course around that, but I'm like, what better way to teach someone how to write a book versus than writing a book on how to write a book? So that, that will, um, that will be coming out this year. So that's going to be, um, exciting. I also have some financial goals, um, that Mm -hmm. my husband and I have set that we're working really hard to, um, to make. So we want to buy some rental property. Mm -hmm. So my husband is a realtor and he's like, this is great. I love helping people buy their houses, but Mm -hmm. we, I want us to have some rental property and we want to flip a couple homes as well Mm -hmm. this year. So that's another big, uh, big goal for us. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I'm going to get me a housekeeper. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, yes. A housekeeper. I said my husband, I'm actually getting a housekeeper, a chef and a nanny this year. <laughs> nice. 
Um, but those are, I, I'm laughing, but I'm so serious mm-hmm. um, because I really want to be, f- be able to focus on the things mm-hmm. that, that really matter. And I want to be able to be more present. Yep. And so I want to be able to think about what things can I off offload yes. to someone else mm-hmm. that's going to allow okay. me to spend more time with my kids. So yep. a housekeeper and chef are definitely going to be on my list of things oh. to make happen. That's so awesome. wonderful. So and wonderful. those are the things like nobody cares who cleans the house. Mm-hmm. They just want the house clean. And exactly. like, you know, nobody cares who buys, let's say the kids, the birthday gift that the kid brings to the party. The kid just needs a gift and it needs to be wrapped, but no exactly. one cares who did that. Like that's, right. that's not necessary to be a good mom. Like exactly. Nobody cares who makes dinner. It's that there is dinner. (laughs) But and I love that your goal was so that I can be more present with them, right? Because that's the that's the the gold, right? That's the important thing. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. And that goes back to what you mentioned is that 2020 really taught us about what was important. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when I find myself cleaning for three hours on a Saturday morning. Mm With my kids saying, Mom, can you make pancakes? Yeah. And I'm going, No, I don't want to dirty any other yeah. dishes, right? <laughs> but what could I be doing with those three hours yeah. that would be really meaningful? Yep. And yep. so, yeah, I had to let go. That was that kind of outgrowing myself because I had some hangups about why well, I want to be the mom that can do it all. Yeah. But I would rather be the mom that can be really present. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. I love that. All yeah, right. Well, too. on that note, You've said it once, but say it again. Tell people where they can find more of this awesome information and plug away. Where can people find you? (laughs) So you can visit me. Um, My website is awomanwithvision.com. That's where you can find the book. That's where you can find the 2020 review sheet Mm -hmm. and all of my information. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. We loved having you. What a treat to talk with you. I feel very kind of just uplifted after speaking with you. So thank you so much. And I know our listeners are really going to enjoy listening to you too. Thank you. Hopefully they'll go check out what you're on. (laughs) Buy the book. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Thank you. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beaks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a tech reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you. <laughs>